Hey, it's me, Kellen, and this is the first episode of Finding Me. Today I want to talk about the monsters under our beds. I was reading a book by Barbara Brown Taylor. She is a former Episcopal priest um, who left the church and now does other things such as writing. And she has this book called Learning to Walk in the Dark. It's a wonderful book. I really do suggest it to all to read. It's not churchy. It's not full of what they call stained glass language or words you can't understand. It's it's what I like to say is in plain language. Everyone can understand it and everyone can find something in it. But she talks about the darkness. And she talks about being a child and being afraid of the monsters under her bed and how she would call her parents and screaming or crying about the monsters and and they would just come in and they would just check under the bed or check in the closet and and confirm that there were no boogie monsters or witches or ghosts or anything like that and tuck her back in and and go back to their room or doing whatever they were doing and she says something along the lines of Had they ever asked her what the monsters look like? That she might not be so afraid to explore the dark places of her own soul. That as a child, even though she's not sure what she would have said to them or what her response would be, but just a simple question of what do the monsters look like could have changed her whole outlook on life when it comes to darkness and sadness and depression and despair. And it's really gotten me thinking, especially today as I went through my own loss to my anxiety and to my mind. What do my monsters look like? What are the monsters under my bed? What color are their eyes? And as I started to think about this, you know, the monsters under my bed are many. It's a lot of failed relationships and failed marriages. A lot of abandonment and rejection and abuse and manipulation. A lot of hurt and a lot of loss. From childhood on up to adulthood. Those are my monsters. But when I think about them when it comes to my anxiety and What are my monsters and what do they look like? They're not scary. They're not four-eyed, big, googly, scary, roaring monsters that have sharp teeth and red eyes that want to come and eat me or anything like that. I think the monsters under my bed are more like butterflies. And I know you're probably sitting there like, butterflies? Those aren't monsters. Well, let me tell you that I am actually really afraid of butterflies. They scare me. I like them from a distance. But I've always had this fear of them. Um, When I was a child, one of my older sisters told me that when they get close enough to you, that they would eat your soul. Now, I know that this isn't true. but I think it's it's a good imagery of, of my own anxiety and coincidentally the fact that I'm afraid of something that's so beautiful. Butterflies are beautiful and they're they're 
like little ballerinas across the air that just kind of float around flapping their beautiful wings of all sorts of colors. But in my mind, I'm scared of them. I'm scared of them getting too close. And when it comes to my anxieties, the monsters under my bed, they too are, are beautiful. They're almost attractive. They're inviting even until you get too close to them and they kind of just suck you in and control you and overrun you and feed you lies and tell you all kinds of horrible things about yourself to the point that you feel unworthy, unlovable, that you cause nothing but chaos and strife and stress, not only in your life, but in the lives of those around you and those who care about you. The monsters under my bed are of all beautiful colors, of all shapes and sizes. Some of them may even be fluffy. Some of them may even be like little bitty puppies. The monsters, they look beautiful. And that's kind of the scary thing. Because sometimes it can be attractive. Sometimes my mind wins that way. It lures you in with one single little thought. One teeny tiny speck of thought. And the next thing you know, you're unraveling going down a rabbit hole of chaos. A rabbit hole of self-doubt. A rabbit hole of doubt about the world, about the people in your life. For instance, today I had my own anxiety attack over something that really was so silly. But in my heart and in my mind and in my anxieties, it wasn't silly. It was so, so serious. Even though in my mind, I also knew and saw the realities that the truths of everything, the other half of my mind saw the, the what ifs and the possibilities and the, the negatives. And they kind of pull back and forth those two images of the realities and the what ifs. And they, they have this little battle. And it's just one thought. And so as I talk about it, and I try and discuss it, and then I start to feel all sorts of kind of crazy about myself. You know, my mind starts telling me that all I do is cause stress. All I do is cause trouble and heartache for myself and for others. And if I don't like dealing with me when I'm in the middle of an anxiety attack or dealing with my anxiety to any extent, then who else would? And and can you blame them? You know, those are the thoughts that come through my mind. Can you really blame somebody? If you don't want to deal with yourself in the middle of it all, can you blame anyone else for wanting to either, willfully? And my mind says no. And so then it tells me that everyone's going to leave, and then rightfully so, is what it says. But then I come out on the other side, sometimes a day, sometimes two days, sometimes a couple hours. And once I can kind of understand and and utter the words that I know that that was kind of silly and ridiculous, it starts all over again. That was ridiculous, my mind whispers. That was so silly, it says. All you do is stress people out, it tells me, over nonsense. 
and it spirals down again. And so it's kind of a constant battle. It's a vicious cycle, anxiety is, when it gets you. So on this quest of learning to walk in the dark, learning to walk in my own darkness and explore what's under my own metaphorical bed and to see and describe my own monsters, the monsters that live under it and even the ones that live in the closet and sneak out from time to time or even just the ones that show their eyes, the, one, the eyes that glow in the darkness and just to let me know that, that they're still there taunting me letting me know that they haven't let go yet, that they haven't gone away yet, that I haven't healed or overcome them yet. Almost as if to say, I'm still in control in a greedy little laugh type of way. But as I describe them, as I get to know them, as I stop being so afraid of them, as I stop being so afraid of what they are and who they are and what they look like and where they come from either even I have the hope that I will overcome them I have the hope that I don't need artificial light that I don't need the sprinkling of the Holy Spirit to come in and light up my darkness that I don't need to be resurrected from this darkness just yet If Christ descended into the depths for three days, I think I can manage to. I think I can manage to walk in the dark for a little bit before I'm resurrected. And that may not be three days. It may be three years or 30 years. But I think the longer I walk in the darkness, the more my eyes will adjust and be able to see the light within it. The light from the stars and the lightning bugs and from all the little bugs and frogs and deers that may be around. And it won't be so scary. And it won't have so much control over me. Maybe when I get to that place of comfortability of walking in the darkness, I might just be able to enjoy the light that much more because I won't be afraid of when the sun goes down and the lights get turned off and all the creatures and monsters come out. It won't be so scary anymore. Part of me feels like at that point, I will be winning over my anxiety. You see, I don't think the darkness ever goes away. I don't think it ever fully leaves us it's it's part of us kind of like yin and yang but if if god created light and dark then wouldn't we have both within us too i think we do and i think the more we embrace the both sides of us the more welcoming we are to our darkness the more we can overcome it the more we can be okay with it And I think it's at okay, and I don't think it's at, I don't even think, I know it's when we are okay with it that healing takes place. So as I go to bed tonight, I will say hello to my monsters.
I will say hello to my fear of rejection. I'll say hello to the to the monster of abandonment. I will say hello to the creature of self-doubt. To the spider of worthlessness. To the witch of being unlovable. I will say hello to them and greet them and take my first step into the darkness and we'll see where it goes from there. Until next time.